All right, welcome to another episode of The Synchronous City. This is your host, Jared McHugh. So in this episode, I interview emerging artist Gilbert White. Uh, Gilbert is a 19-year-old um, Diné Navajo artist. And and honestly, what I, what I thought within the first few minutes of talking to him was, was he gets it. I mean, this is someone who just really, really gets it. I mean... He's a young dude, like I said, emerging artist, and I'm so happy I caught him at the beginning of his career because he's going to be doing amazing, amazing things. So I'm actually going to make this intro pretty short. I think I'm going to stop it right about here. Um, Early in the conversation, I I read his uh, artist statement from his website. That's um, gilbertwhiteart.com. You can also check out his stuff at abqcrew on, uh, on Instagram. So check that stuff out and yeah i don't need to say much else i I read his artist statement um you get a good sense of course throughout the conversation of who he is and and what he's about what's going on um but again i'll just leave you with the fact that gilbert white gets it all right so check out this conversation and find out what that means to you and as always if you want to reach out the email is synchronicity505 at gmail.com or the instagram at syncitypod all right, I'm here with Gilbert White, artist, downtown Albuquerque resident. What's up, Gilbert? Hi. Nice to meet you, Jared. Cool. Thanks for coming through, man. Yeah. All right, so first, like I said just now before we started recording, I was going through your website. I really like your, your artist statements. They're just well-written. A lot of what you're saying kind of resonated. So yeah, I just want to read a, li- a little bit from your, from your site and your artist statement. So you say... My artwork is an attempt to perpetuate the creative process of the universe. (laughs) I could even stop right there. Like, that's such a good line. Uh, Transform consciousness and culture through visual epiphanies and communicate profound concepts. I think of humans as the universe embodied, our ancestors reincarnated, and I feel that creating is an expression of nature's divine instincts. In my creative process, I engage in introspective exploration of my imagination and identity while also discovering new ways of perceiving the external world. I start each project by focusing on a concept or theme that I desire to communicate, brainstorm, uh, brainstorm iconography that represents this concept, then spontaneously develop and weave together these ideas into a harmonious composition with contrasting color and significant symbolism. The result is artwork that can be described as surreal, psychedelic, and dreamlike. I tend to use pattern and repetition, radial balance, and spirals because these components are symbols of existence understood by many cultures, but especially prevalent in my ancestors' traditional Navajo designs. Ultimately, the art I make is an expression of my unique self and singular perspective. I do my best to master the language of visual art to communicate abstract thoughts that come from within the deepest depths of my imagination. That's tight. All right, so I'm actually going to jump back to that first line. My artwork is an attempt to perpetuate the creative process of the universe. Can you say more about that? I mean, what is the creative process of the universe as you understand it? I kind of see um, the universe as being one entity. I, I like the idea of, um, I learned this in like one of my philosophy courses, the idea of pantheism, that like God is the totality of everything. And that kind of just, to me, that means that everything is, like, the embodiment of, like, the great spirit or God. What Mm. some people say is God. I prefer to call, like, God the creator 
um because god just has like a lot of baggage behind it like with christianity and religion and stuff so i prefer to call him the creator but um i think we're all kind of expressions of this creation and um if we are we kind of have that same essence you know beneath everything beneath everything it Although we see things as separate and things as different than each other, I, I kind of see things as like everything has the core, the same core essence, and that's just um, like you know, energy or creative spirit or creative a creative force. Um, I think the universe is constantly in this like like dance where um, there's just like constant creativity going on, um, even if people don't see it. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of like where I was going with that. Uh, I see myself as just an embodiment of the creative spirit, the creative force um, that underlies the universe. Um, that just helps my creativity flow and helps me, yeah, it just helps me do what I do. Awesome, beautifully said. Yeah, I feel like with creativity, there is some sort of like feeling of connective tissue there. You know, when you start creating something there, I guess it is, it feels like a kind of birthing process where you're going into emptiness. For you, you're a visual artist. So going into sort of the emptiness of of the white blank page and then just birthing something into it where like at the end of the process, you look at it and you're like, where did that come from? This this thing that just wasn't, it just wasn't and now it is, right? And it's almost like, that's that's the thing. Um, It's almost like there's something like overcoming you or like you're being possessed when you make art. It's not like, I don't like to be very um kind of i don't see my art as like mine or like possessive um i see my art as like something that is for other people and it's not like i'm the creator i'm like i don't want to take credit necessarily for my art it's um it's almost like it comes from somewhere else um and i think it does like inspiration is um it's real like everyone has to be inspired by someone or something Mm -hmm. um you can't take credit for something because no one has original ideas anymore yeah exactly um and so yeah i just uh i feel like it is coming from somewhere else like you're like it's coming from that you know that creative force that within the universe and we're almost just embodiments of that same creative force and or vessels for the creative force to um, exist or, um, you know, exist in physical reality. Yeah, exactly. And I love that idea of just sort of the various influences that are kind of speaking through us. So also in your artist statement, uh, you talk about um, being of Navajo background, right? And coming Mm -hmm. from a a kind of particular tradition of artists right where you're describing your symbols like spirals and things like that you're, yeah. you're drawing on a tradition right and it, like yeah. you said it's like you didn't create that tradition if yeah. anything this you know ancient tradition is just kind of speaking through yeah. you in, in the totally. same way that you know for me i'm i'm really inspired by um art nouveau for example and alphonse muka at right now is one of my favorite artists and and i feel myself just kind of constantly finding inspiration in him and borrowing his symbols and maybe creating them anew or something like that what kind of art does he make um art nouveau so he was he got big in like the 1890s and uh in in paris france you you would really like him because there's um he well he got famous for doing like pretty girls and flowers on wine bottles you know that's kind of like where he made his money but he was um really into into um 
Christian mysticism specifically. So he does all of these pencil drawings that are really, really heavy, where it's very clearly him speaking with entities external to him who are also oh. speaking through him. It, it's really fascinating. But wow. yeah, yeah. After the after the pod, I'll, I'll show you some pictures of, and I'll, I'll post some pictures to the Instagram too for listeners who want to check it out. But, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of I like to um, talk about my identity a lot because I kind of it's almost like I I have a I have a duty to recognize my my heritage and to honor my heritage um, as a as a Native American I feel like my ancestors I also just feel very grateful for like my you know my parents for example for doing everything that they did for me, um, for living their life, and for devoting their life to me. And um, in extension of that, I feel grateful for my grandparents for doing what they could for my parents and just endlessly going on and on and on. Like, I come from a long line of just like powerful or like a, um, like empowering people, you know? Mm -hmm. um, inspirational people. And I've been told that I have like a long history of of um, good people. Like my great grandpa was a Navajo code talker um, on my dad's side, and then on my mom's side, I had a great grandma who was a weaver from um, Two Gray Hills, and they have their own like specific like style that's yeah. um, kind of famous and well known. Um, and I think it's just really interesting. And I like to study a lot of um, sand paintings because I've had like a um, medicine men and women in my family and sand painting is like a an ancient um, art Navajo art form where they like you know make paintings out of sand that only last like they're only supposed to last like less than 12 hours or something like that um, they're not supposed to be permanent at all they're they're used for a, like ritual um, ceremony and um, I like to study a lot of rock art too I, m me and my partner like to go around all around New Mexico and just look at like petroglyph art great yeah um, cause there's so much around here that like even just like off the road off the side of the road if you're on Unser yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people don't even know but like walk two feet away from Unser and look at some rocks and there's like tons of um, hundreds of year old rock art there mm -hmm. and um, I don't know I just there's a long history of just like like even like just DNA, like how it travels down down the line, like I kind of feel the same way with like creativity. I think that kind of like trickles its way down into um, into descendants, and I'm just another another one who um, gets to experience like that creativity. You know? Yeah, exactly, and that's that's the real beauty of it too. I feel like that perspective where it's you're not the culmination of everything right i mean like things will go on beyond you of course yeah. you know and to and to see that which is at first sort of scary you know i think when you <laughs> hit you know 12 years old or whatever it is when you first realize like yeah. oh i'm not the center of the universe whenever <laughs> that happens for someone um that's terrifying that's like really really disheartening and scary but then once you get over the hump of like fear of that it becomes immensely beautiful because then you realize the extent to which you're connected with everyone and everything i, I was reading um Thich Nhat Hanh who's a um a Vietnamese um Buddhist monk and 
and he's talking about how everything you do every action that you do is going to persist for at least the next thousand generations so Mm -hmm. if that's a positive action great if it's a negative action well you should probably try and change those actions (laughs) and not only that but you're you yourself are the result of a thousand generations of of occurrences you know that's sort of the definition of karma and i i I just love that idea because it takes a lot of pressure off in a way it does yeah so it's not all about us right (laughs) yeah it's about the um, art it's about the tradition it's it about the people yeah. yeah knowing that almost allows you to just like let go a little bit and yeah. stop feeling so much anxiety about like um you know stop overthinking um because then you kind of just realize you're just a piece of the puzzle you're just like a part yeah. of the process mm-hmm. um it's um like it's weird because like you said um every action you do like has a great effect on things around you but at the same time, like everything will go on and like things will be okay. And I don't know. It's yeah. kind of weird. Um, it's like a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah, it's, it kind of gets you into the space of paradox, right? Because on yep. one hand, it's saying uh, you're not as central as you think you are. But then on the other hand, that doesn't diminish your, your significance. Or as take a human away being. responsibility or from take like, responsibility. your actions. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So. It's an interesting thought to think about. Um, hopefully it inspires people to do good in the world, mm-hmm. not bad. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I understand that too. I feel like I've um, come to that realization um, in the past few years too. Yeah, there's definitely something hugely significant about that realization. And I, I also want to ask you, so I was uh, wondering about the sort of specific symbols that that you're drawing on from various traditions whatever they are what what symbols are those where where can i see them in your in your paintings um and what do they mean to you so the main symbol that i kind of use both both like consciously and unconsciously is spirals yeah um i i noticed i just noticed a lot of spirals like like i kind of I first started off doing art, like, not really thinking about it, you know, just, like, doing it. And then over time, as my work developed, I kind of started to, like, look back and um, realize that I was using a lot of symbols, like, spirals. And um, then when I would look at, like, other art, like, specifically, like, rock art, um, you see them using spirals, like, all the time. There's even a spiral on top of, like... um, in Chaco Canyon, there's a spiral on top of Fajada Butte where they, it's like a, it's a crazy, crazy thing. They used to like, um, it's like an astronomical like calendar, like um, the way the light hits it in certain ways, like tracks, like, you know, like the, um, just like different events throughout the year. And it's really crazy how they do that. Um, But I just think spirals are like something that's um universally known it's a symbol that's universally known yeah and it's really weird that like um people can understand a spiral and like kind of have like a deep meaning just by seeing it um like anyone can you know interpret a spiral significantly Mm -hmm. and you just see spirals like all around the universe you know like in the sky on plants and animals um just in natural phenomenon just everywhere um so that's one of the symbols that i like to use and then like for one of my paintings i did a um it was almost inspired or reminiscent of a navajo weaving 
And that one specifically, I used symbols that are traditionally in Navajo, like known. Um, there's the hourglass symbol um, and like a bow symbol, like almost like a um, like a sideways W. Yeah. And those two represent um, these two characters in a Navajo myth or Navajo story, um, the hero twins. And it's part of the emergent story, our emergent story, or our like creation story. Um, they kind of like got rid of like these monsters that were like raiding the earth, and um, they got they killed all the monsters, and along the way learned different traditions that we still um, keep close to us, um, and you know just stuff like that like I use the cross symbol which is known in our um, culture as being like as representing spider woman which is another significant like uh, deity or like entity in in our in our history um, spider woman taught Navajo women how to weave and um, spider woman herself wove reality so um, it's just like stuff like that I try to incorporate into my art and um but I've also been doing that already you know and that's where it yeah. comes in that's where that comes in like me being just an, an embodiment of that creative spirit of my ancestors creative spirit I'm kind of right. already doing that already I'm like using these symbols um unintentionally but it's I feel like it's for like a reason or like um mm -hmm. it, it's an instinct almost yes yeah that's actually why I was I was yeah. just like nodding my head a bunch and I was getting to the <laughs> word instinct, which, which there it is. I think, I think that's exactly it. And I, I, I have this memory of, um, gosh, it must've been like third, fourth grade, something like that, learning what the word instinct yeah. means and, and the way the teacher described it. Um, it sounded like instinct was something that like animals have, but humans don't really have that. We need to make more of an effort to like learn how to walk, for example, take like a baby calf. It's walking within like 20 minutes of being out of the womb with us. There's this whole learning process that goes down. Yeah. But I think there's all of these more, um, I guess, spiritual aspects of being human that are instinctual to us. I, I think, I think the creative process is itself instinct. If you mm -hmm. take a human being, um, straight out of the womb and just put them in like isolation well that wouldn't be healthy at all but I guarantee you that that human would inevitably start to create something just instinctually like it's yeah. just that's what people do you know if cows moo humans create you know yeah and that's kind of funny um, like one of my earliest memories of doing art I remember I was in like art class in like second grade or something and yeah. we did this like yarn weaving thing <laughs> cool. and I remember like I just I did this like really simple striped pattern like different colors of green um, and my art teacher loved it and I remember like I was like super proud of it she wanted to put it in like an art show but I like gave it away and <laughs> it was just really interesting to look back at it now because like um, like finding out that one of my great grandmas was like a famous weaver. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, well, like that must have come from somewhere. Like my, yeah. my, uh, you know, because um, it it is kind of like a craft or like a something that you have to like do with technique and for to have like a little kid do it um, yeah. so well. It's almost like you have like you must have been either taught some somewhere or it's like you know instinctual. Dude, exactly, and and um. And even the fact that you gave it away, right? I mean that 
what'd you say they were like let's put in the art show oh, yeah or she wanted to put in the art show but i already gave it away <laughs> yeah yeah which even that is just like that's instinctual humanness just like giving you know yeah. and i feel like um sometimes life can um really harden people to an extent where they think mm. that giving is you know you're, you're a chump if you you know give mm. too much <laughs> or something like that but but i think giving is very very instinctual you know if we're um walking and then you and then you trip i'm gonna help you up without even thinking about it and you yeah. do the same for me right so it's just even that level of just like art creativity givingness you know it's all there and yeah it sounds like you're doing the same stuff now just at you know a yeah. maybe higher uh totally. technical capacity or something yeah or you in know? just like a different way yeah um and i i feel like i'm more like i honestly feel like i'm more inspired to do art when i know it's not for me like yeah in a weird way because cool. i'm um i don't know like i've done a lot of gifts for my families that's how i like started doing art was like making gifts for my mom really yeah oh, cool. um just because i didn't have any money but i still wanted to like get her something nice for christmas or her yeah. birthday so i would just make her gifts and um i feel like i'm more inspired doing that like when i make a painting for myself it's almost it takes me like way longer you know mm. um or when i make a paint uh, something for like a business or an, like an organization make some art for them i feel more like motivated to actually finish it like on yeah. a time limit um it's weird um so yeah i feel like giving is kind of like just a natural human thing to do like mm -hmm. um, yeah it's interesting yeah that's super cool and also to get into more uh <laughs> woo woo weird territory but like I don't know, it could even be like a reincarnation thing, you know, when like we're born seemingly like knowing these things, you know, like I have a similar memory to yours of making art as a kid and just like shading something, you know, it was a Pokemon, it was a Vulpix, I remember very clearly. And um, and my, my brother's uh, six years older than me, I was shading and he's like, where'd you learn to do that? And I was like, you know, must have been like little, little, little kid, six or something. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, it just felt right. It just looked right. And, you know, probably from looking at other drawings or something and being like, oh, let me try and get that effect down, yeah. you know? So I don't know, probably came from like a, a more like mimetic kind of imitative sort of drive. Um, but still there's this feeling of like, how could, how could you possibly know to, I don't know, do like a sort of like specific technical move without having learned it and it feels instinctual and it feels like it's coming from a a deeper place of knowing or something yeah totally um it's almost like the the question nature over nurture i feel like it's it's a little bit of both like people carry mm -hmm. on like um you know like we were just saying like science is i feel like science is just like a testament to like thing these things um how dna like travels um like that's almost like reincarnation you know like it's a it's almost like alluding yes, to yeah. reincarnation just um and i i like i honestly subscribe to the idea of reincarnation but not like as um i guess not like super intensely i'm not like yeah super, not like dogmatic <laughs> yeah yeah um but i do think there's some truth to it um 
because I didn't, I noticed a lot of things in myself that like my parents also um, exhibit, whether it's like characteristics or the way we look or the way we act, mm-hmm. um, just the things like that. I feel like um, kind of show me that I'm, and that's why that's why I like to um, make it known where I come from. Yeah. Or like my heritage as like that's why I make it obvious. Like I say to people, I'm a Navajo artist or I'm a Diné right, artist. Right. Um, I feel like it's important to my identity and to how I express myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives people a little bit of background into like, you know, me. Even though, um, it's not necessarily who I am. It's like it's a piece of me. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think um, well, part of the purpose of art is um, understanding one another. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a way of balancing perspectives, saying, "Here's my inner experience. What's your inner experience? Let's externalize those experiences and kind of compare notes in a way." You know, and identity, family history is so so um, central to 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 a lot of that. You know. Yeah. And also just looking at your art, I mean, it seems important to understanding your art, you know? Yeah, it is. Um, it's interesting. I've almost, it almost feels like I've adopted like my heritage. Like I never, when I was younger, I used to um, not necessarily like embrace it as much. Um, it almost, I almost had to learn how to like embrace it or. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, I remember like times in my life where I was almost ashamed of being like Navajo. Oh, wow. Just, um, I guess main, like mainstream society, like pressure yeah. made me feel that way. But over time I've been able to like embrace it and almost rediscover like my identity or my heritage. And um, awesome, yeah. that's how, that's what I use my art for. Cause I don't know Navajo. I don't know a lot. I didn't grow up in a super traditional family. Um, so I had to kind of discover it myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, by reading books and by looking at art and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, the thing about me, the reason why in my artist statement I talk about, like, um, epiphanies and, like, s- synthesizing knowledge and um, expressing concepts, I, I usually, like, I tend to use my art as a way to synthesize knowledge because um, I... Um, I kind of learn things in school or like whatever books I'm reading and then I kind of just like draw about it or like paint about it Um, and I feel like that helps it like ingrain into my mind or make it more um, significant to to myself yeah Um, and I remember like one of my teachers in high school would say that like making art is like um, the highest form of like learning or like knowledge like learning things because you're actually like you're not only like absorbing information but you're like absorbing and synthesizing it and creating more absolutely like connecting pieces Mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah and that's why i talk about like epiphanies because um you're almost taking like two ideas or two separate things and like combining them and helping transform um ideas or knowledge or culture or whatever it is um yeah yeah that's that's so interesting yeah it's just it's a process of integration yeah which is yeah everything you're saying feels so spot on (laughs) and and even um kind of discovering or rediscovering your own heritage that that's 
that's been part of um, my path as an artist too. I come from um, specifically Catholic European roots, and um, in my in my adolescent years, definitely pushed back very hard against um, Catholicism. Yeah, railed against it, left it, whatever. Um, but in recent years, I've kind of come back to that religion with a new perspective where it is part of my my family history my long family history and it's a way of feeling um connected to to ancestors and and connected to um people in my life and the way that they think and the way that they believe um and i I know you know christianity can be very very problematic Mm -hmm. but nonetheless super super fascinating and really beautiful when you do look at the art when you do look at the mythology mythology the um different traditions stories all of it so drawing on that and that's part of what attracts me to that guy alphonse muka like i said he's a christian mystic um so kind of digging into sort of the mystical side of christianity and then putting it in my art and then kind of integrating it into my being you know yeah some probably the same way that you're describing yeah your process yeah yeah that's cool i like that um i'm not sure how to feel about like um that part of my heritage too because um i am i do come from like a christian family to my my grandpa is like um the type of person um who would go to church every sunday and you know um believed in stuff like that they kind of balance like both the native american church and like christianity mm-hmm. um but I just don't know how I feel about that part of my heritage. It's not something that I express super often, um, just because of like things that I've learned about it, you know, like um, towards my peop- like my ancestors, um, yeah, just religion. It's like a t- touchy subject. Um, but that's awesome um, that you're able to like embrace it and um, rediscover that value within it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think religion is very valuable to people, um, whatever religion it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and even the word religion comes from the Latin uh, re legare. Legare is a verb meaning to connect. And then re, re, it's it's literally means reconnecting. You know, okay. that's, that's the word uh, religion in its literal Latin meaning. And um, I think there's really something to that. However... Yeah, I mean, religion's totally fucked up in the way that it's been used as a as a tool of, of power. You yeah. know, I went to the, I went to go visit the uh, Acma Pueblo, and um, it was kind of this tour guide telling stories and telling um, about the history of it. Yeah, and it's a terrifying history when you look at like the way religion was used. Where yeah, um, and it's not even religion. Like it's not even religion. It's like on its own it's like the way they used religion the way yeah like, it just does like a hammer the way colonizers know? used religion as a tool or right. like as a means to obtain you know power or mm-hmm. um possessions and stuff yeah um that's the only part of it that like i'm like kind of like i i don't i don't know how i feel about it you know yeah but i do love to learn about religion and i love the way that religion impacts people um if it's a positive thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cause my and it's messy. Sometimes it's... Often it's not a yeah. positive thing, you know? It kind of <laughs> depends on the person, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, I just think about, like, the things that I've learned, how, like, um, certain um, 
religious like Christian people or the Spanish would treat like Pueblo people, mm-hmm. um, enslave them or um, like even my own like Navajo people like my 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 ancestors were put into like boarding schools and one of my one of my great grandmas or great great grandmas was like actually one of the people who was chosen to not be sterilized in the boarding school so they would actually like go around and like talk to people or like pick out girls and like sterilize them um so that they couldn't have like um any kids and yeah that's straight up evil that's like yeah yeah. and they did it in like the name of christianity which that's not like fucking that's not religion at all no um it's not religion's fault at all or christianity's fault it's just the way they were using it their twisted idea of what it was you know Mm -hmm. um yeah and it makes me wonder now i'm gonna have to go do some do some more research because um so i come from italian and irish roots so to my knowledge in in uh italy christian people were the oppressed group for quite a long time and then gained gained some power eventually i guess Mm -hmm. um and then you get the roman catholic church and everything which had its own issues but also in ireland ireland was colonized as fuck by the british um so i'm curious now about like the religious history there because i know there's a very rich tradition of um celtic mythology and paganism and stuff like that so i wonder if if christianity was sort of inserted into that culture through um you know colonial means and and power and control and all that sort of stuff now now i gotta go find out (laughs) yeah it's interesting yeah yeah i like to learn i I loved learning about native american history that was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite classes that i took in oh it's college it's so rich and like um it's interesting that they don't teach you these things you know in like normal public schools yep they start with columbus you know but there's so much before that that existed Mm -hmm. um and i wish they would teach you about it but um i don't know i don't know why they don't right yeah and i I was watching this documentary about um native american history and they're talking about um i think it was like a gosh i think like the 13th century or something they're they're talking about this city that was in present day mississippi and it was this native american city where the population was like fifty thousand, and it was like thriving it was this like incredible city with these um uh, pyramids and just like city centers and like rich economy and art and everything yeah. you know and then during that same time in history 13th century if, if that's correct um london was also of a population of fifty thousand. you know so it's like I think the narrative we're told in, in school is that Europeans kind of came over and then it was just this sort of like nomadic space, you know, where yeah. Native American people at the time were just kind of like wandering and not doing too much. <laughs> just kind of like, yeah, I guess we're just here. Such you a know? lie, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, but it's like, no, there's a super rich urban culture, you know, yeah. that rivaled um And there's like, there's London, good and you know? bad, you know, like de- plenty of tribes, you know, went to war with each other or sure, did, hu- human did history, yeah. negative things towards other people like people who with the same skin color as them mm-hmm. but um and even just teaching that would be nice you know yeah um yeah but they it's just it's just weird that they don't um it's just kind of washed over and it's it's yeah. so interesting too like when you actually get into it um there's three there's over 350 like existing federally recognized tribes in the u.s today um 
and each have their own like unique history and it's just interesting how people like clump them all together and mm -hmm. call them like you know think of them as native americans just simply because they weren't taught about like the diversity among them or yeah um their history and that's kind of another reason why i like to be like upfront about like who i am and like where my roots come from and how my art is influenced i kind of want to one of my goals as an artist like i'm very community oriented and one of my communities that i try to represent or empower is my native american communities mm -hmm. Um, by talking about the history that I know. And I don't know a lot, you know, um, but I try to share what I do know yeah. um, with people, whoever wants to talk to me about it. Um, and I feel like that's kind of my, my duty <laughs> since, yeah, yeah. since they don't do it in school. Like, right. Yeah. And that's powerful. That's, that's huge. And one image in your art that um, fascinates me a lot is the alien. You, you like, you have, like, you know, the green big eyes sort of sort of alien figure you know it's kind of like yeah. archetype by this point and it's so fascinating to me because the alien like kind of rubs up against or is juxtaposed with um your ancient symbols in, in like a really fascinating way you know you have these two images use, using the spiral for example there's like very ancient ancient symbol that you could find like you said i'm petroglyphs that are a thousand years old um sitting next to you know the green-headed alien who came <laughs> in on a ufo and who was like very prevalent in science fiction you know yeah. starting with like you know the 1950s and beyond so <laughs> yeah. what is that what's going on with that because that's like a really cool balancing of things you know um yeah i've never thought about it in that way but i like to use the alien imagery because i I kind of I like I kind of think of myself as like um being like kind of just like weird and like uh like I don't know um so that specific piece that you're talking about the green alien guy um at the time I was kind of going through like experiences um that were like transforming my my awareness and I kind of saw myself as like being like the, the alien just going through life in a trance and half conscious, um, unaware of certain things, but being guided by my higher consciousness mm -hmm. um, and allowing like my higher, my higher genius, like understanding things beyond like what my human brain can like think about. Definitely. So um, that's where I was going with that one. Um, but I do like to use the alien imagery a lot. Um, I just kind of see myself as like, like almost, it's weird because aliens are perceived as being like weird and like out there Yeah. just because they're so different. But like when you really think about it, when you try to think about humans from like a third point of view like we're we're the weird ones like <laughs> we're we're, we're like, the aliens we're man. the odd ones like we look so much different than like the the animals on the yeah. earth and it's just funny to think about um so that's why i like to use the alien imagery a lot and my logo is like the skull with them i call it well it's a spiral but i call it the mark of creation and we're almost just like and that ties along with like my artist bio like yeah we're just like vessels um just impermanent vessels 
um, embodiments of the the creative spirit and mm-hmm. in that sense we're like we're aliens you know we're just um like a random species that exists out in the universe and, yeah um yeah i like to use the alien imagery a lot <laughs> for some reason yeah yeah um, <laughs> yeah which is also just like so new mexican because there's something like about new mexico that is science fictiony and ufo-y and <laughs> higher consciousness consciousnessy <laughs> there's like yeah. and then there's you know crossroads of all the different cultures of native culture yeah. of european culture of again aliens and like nuclear bombs and shit you know it's like yeah. a, just a weird weird intersection of things and um have you ever um read or heard of um the invisibles by um oh god what's his name freaking uh scottish comic book writer grant morrison um okay i haven't oh it's, dude it's right up your alley you would love this oh man i'm gonna get you a copy but um it was made in it was made in the 90s and there's a bunch of scenes where these characters are um just like hanging out in new mexico and like on these big mesas <laughs> doing acid and like seeing ufos and stuff like that you know and it's, yeah. it feels so like quintessentially new mexican and um Grant Morrison, he's Scottish, but came to uh, Santa Fe and was um, living with, like, a tribe right outside of Santa Fe for a while and and partaking in in, um, different rituals and spiritual traditions and stuff like that and then came out and kind of included that in his his graphic novel. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool stuff. Yeah. And along with, like, the alien thing, um, it's hard to... It's almost like when you when you think about an alien, you think of something like a, like an agent or like a something different. But um, it's almost like we're we're like aliens, and like our our consciousness is like our true self. Like we're kind of like just yeah, like moving yeah. our alien body around, and that's kind of like <laughs> yeah. why I use the logo and why I use like the alien imagery is because we're like our bodies aren't like us if that makes any sense, like our creative spirit, our, mm-hmm. um, that's the creative force within us. That's like what we really are underneath. And it's all, it's all the same within us all. Um, so that's why I like to use aliens. Cause it's kind of, it just reminds people that we're like vessels or we're like just bodies or yeah. embodiments of something. Awesome. Bigger. Yeah. Um, Which making art does feel that way sometimes. You already said it, but it feels like something kind of speaking through you. I mean, there's definitely been moments, yeah, where it's like, I'm not the one who made this, you know? You finish (laughs) it and you look at it and you're like, where did, who made that? Because it wasn't me, you know? And I've even had like dreams where there's like the, not to get too weird about it, but but the, the higher consciousness who is just sort of like using my body as one of its own limbs, you know, maybe using my body and mind as just sort of like its finger on on its hand and there's other bodies that are part of that (laughs) hand um i've had dreams where i've like spoken to that figure you know and had conversations and then the next day i can feel that figure creating art yeah as if i'm just its um its vessel you know yeah which is a beautiful beautiful experience it's it's very liberating and and freeing and you get good art art out of it you know (laughs) So, yeah. <laughs> and it's it sucks that like it's hard to explain these things or like talk about these things because they're almost like so weird that like yeah you sound like a, a lot crazy people, person <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people just don't understand and yeah normies bro don't get it <laughs> <laughs> like this is the, the type of stuff that I 
I like to talk about and I like to like think about or imagine mm-hmm. because it's stuff that it's almost like you get a glimpse into like these like these visions and yeah. it's hard to hold on to and bring it back to like you know English or mm-hmm. bring it back to like normal under ways of understanding you almost have yeah. to like talk about it in ways that people will be able to understand yeah but yeah, yeah. Um, and art's one of those ways right I mean yeah. art itself is alien because <laughs> yeah. again going back to that idea that it's like white blank page and then it just appears out of nowhere literally as if by magic I mean there's something very very alien about that you know <laughs> yeah I like your art a lot. I, I've, I've been a fan of it ever since I found your Instagram. Oh, cool, I man. I appreciate that. Illustration is something that I have a lot of respect for just because um, I'm not very good at, like, drawing or, like, sketching. I'm, I'm, when, I, when I do sketch, it's just kind of, like, rough and, like... Um, mm, yeah. But I like, um, I like when people are able to, like, use a, um, like, black and white and make it look so put together and it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's I, I like doing um I'm just fascinated by anatomy. Oh really? It's kind of what it is. Yeah, I think um to get into sort of like more illustrative drawing, I think anatomy is number one. You just start to get a good sense of how um three dimensional forms come together and sort of fit together, you know. Okay. Um and also it's it's so fascinating looking at you know, models or drawings, illustrations of, of of muscles and and cross sections of the body there's something like i don't know it even um it alienates literally alienates you to your to your body you start thinking about the body like as an object you know sometimes yeah. i like i like <laughs> to draw bodies that are kind of like coming apart yeah and floating apart and these different segments of the body kind of floating apart or coming together because you know it's a drawing it's frozen in time so it looks like it could be body pieces floating away or coming in yeah um but either way there's something really fascinating about that for me um have you always been doing art or have you just recently got back into it or is it like has it been part of your life like forever um, yeah kind of forever but like on and off um on and off throughout my whole life um until i was 26 so like three years ago i'm 29 now and um and then three years ago it became like a much more deliberate thing where it was okay i'm i'm i i'm okay at this i have potential at it and i want to get really 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 good at something yeah and the only way to get really 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 good at something is to kind of choose one thing focus on it stick to it do it every day yeah um so i made that decision three years ago okay but yeah, leading up to that, it was always kind of on and off. I'd have some years that felt creative and I was into art and other years where I was more into, I don't know, watching TV or something. But <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I love it. Yeah, so it's all a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm stuck on this alien thing because I, I love science fiction. I'm really into science fiction novels. And one okay. of the reasons is because the alien... Um, serves as a metaphor for a bunch of different things but alienation um is one of those things where you feel alienated from totally society alienated from culture alienated from the people kind around of, that's you that's kind know? of where that <clears throat> that painting um it's interesting because that specific painting that you're talking about i titled pagan circles and eternal deja vu right um, that's one of the first it's awesome <laughs> thank you it's one of the first paintings that i ever made and i like kind of m- realized like my passion for art mm-hmm. um 
it was one of the things like I kind of did felt like alienated from like people um I used to go into like in high school I used to just go like go to the art room every every lunch and just like you know sit there and draw by myself for the most part until I found like a friend who was you know into the same things that as me but we'd still just go to the art room and like draw together and um so it was kind of just like something I did feel like alienated at the time and I was doing like you know psychedelics at the time so I um when I was on those um in those experiences I would always feel like uh, I was kind of, you know, not human. Um, right. Not, I didn't feel like the rest of, like, um, the world. I felt like something different or something beyond that. Um, or, like, there was something beneath being human or beyond being human that was totally alien and weird that we couldn't really perceive as, mm-hmm. like, as a human Right. And so that's where that alien like imagery that I started using came from was really just like feeling alienated, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think the way you described kind of the high school art room and like going there during lunch <laughs> and just sitting there by yourself. It's funny, man. I mean, well, you're a bit younger. You're 19, right? Yeah, I'm 19 right now. Okay, yeah. So high school wasn't too long for you. Um, yeah. But for me, like the idea of the safe space, you know, which got popularized mm-hmm. on college campuses and stuff like that, definitely just did not exist yet, you know, when I was in high school. Yeah. And the art room was the safe space, you yeah. know, for like nerdy kids, dweeby <laughs> kids, kids who just like did not yeah. fit in in a larger way. Um, like the art room was definitely a safe <laughs> space. You just go, you can chill out, put yeah. your music on and just kind of draw on not be afraid of getting bullied at least for a little bit you know so yeah that's a that's a sacred sacred special space man the (laughs) high school art room you know i I almost (laughs) want to be like an art teacher just to provide that space for other kids you know yeah Um, hey there you go (laughs) but um i don't know if i could ever do it like teaching is such a takes a special person to be able to teach oh teaching's so much fun though teaching's the (laughs) best it's so cool yeah to, to um to connect with um young people for our listeners i'm a high school teacher in case you didn't (laughs) listen to previous podcasts but um to connect with young people in that way where you know that you're the you're the positive influence that you know you could have used when you were in high school you know like there's something there's such like a special good good feeling about that you know that's awesome you should become a teacher (laughs) Maybe in the future. I don't know if I... I still have to learn things myself, though. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> still got to go true. through my own life. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's always something that's been in the back of my head. Like, I feel like I've had teachers who were really inspirational to me, and I want to be, like, that person to, to other people, too. Mm-hmm. But right now, I try to do that same thing with, like, my art, you know? Definitely, yeah. Um, so it's almost like the same idea, but just, like, in a different way or in a different, like, expression. Right, right. Um, and that's what I, I guess I try to do, but yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Thinking of the higher consciousness thing, you had said 10 minutes ago about um, how that seems very like far out and bizarre and, and weird to, um, you know, most people, I guess, who haven't had those sort of mystic experiences um, through art or any other means. And there is actually a very rich tradition of artists who are invoking that figure, you know? I mean, even in, in Christian tr- Christian uh, traditions, they call it the guardian angel, you know, which 
when you say that it kind of like what comes to mind is this very like cutesy idea of like a guardian angel who's like guiding you as you drive or something like that oh yeah um but what that actually is if you look at like mystic art traditions like that's the higher consciousness who is guiding your hand as you're creating you know that's what the the holy guardian angel is okay or um dante i'm reading dante's inferno right now and dante has uh beatrice in it and beatrice okay. is his guardian angel in that sense you know yeah. the one who inspires him and guides him yeah. and leads him when he's blind you know that yeah. sort of thing again that guy alphonse Mucha, so much of his art is him invoking his yeah. higher consciousness so there's actually a very very rich tradition mm-hmm. of that you know so i don't think it's as yeah weird as um maybe it's weird in the context of our culture which is very um um materialist individualism yeah uh yeah where um and that's the thing about you know being like in like america and being in like existing in this time is um i feel like there's a lot of ancient wisdom that we should have kept and we should have like maintained and we should have kept teaching our kids yeah um and that's why i like to learn about like you know native american history just because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that like i i really resonate with and i've um like i wish they still taught these things you know yeah Um, yeah the the where i got that idea from the higher genius was actually a book called zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance Oh, I've, I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's interesting. And he talks about, like, you know, the higher genius. Um, and it's... I, I couldn't, like, summarize it or anything. I was really young when I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, almost didn't understand it fully. <laughs> but that's where I got the idea from, and I, I really resonated with it. Because um, I, I did feel like there was always something kind of guiding my my animal human instincts um or like correcting my behaviors or right. you know looking in the future rather than like um like looking out for my future self rather than just like giving into desire and pleasure and immediate like right, um, right. satisfaction yeah so that's that's why i kind of resonated with that idea and that's that's what i wanted to portray with that painting that's wild yeah i think that's so important and (laughs) and you're right about sort of mainstream american culture having kind of thrown out too much you know and it's almost Mm -hmm. um i almost fault like the generation of the 60s and sort of hippie people for this because it's um like there, there was something very wrong and very ill with sort of mainstream american culture you know in the early 20th century and then i think a lot of people in the 60s who were trying to like learn um live by alternative lifestyles and stuff like that threw a lot of those traditions out you know yeah um and kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater, where yeah. it just became like another form of this hyper individualism where you know people think they're totally disconnected from kind of anything you know and yeah. then life becomes about just consuming and just doing things for yourself and building up your own um building your own little kingdom and kind of screw everyone else and that's that's kind of why i like i feel awkward like about um christianity and stuff because i associate christianity in my mind with colonization yeah um 
just how there's like so much diversity in America and so much going on. Um, people with different beliefs, different stories, different languages, and um, then like the Europeans and the Spanish came and kind of like homogenized it all mm -hmm. and um, threw out a lot of traditions that were, you know, that held value and um, simply because they like valued their own yeah. ideas and weight lifestyles more. And that's kind of where the start of um, this comes from. Like. I get like the 60s I think those were like a I think that time period was like another example of that happening but I think it really started like it starts when like colonization happens because like exactly mm. what you were saying like individualism and like um, building your like your own empire and just saying like fuck the rest yeah, that, that all right, happened right. when colonization happened mm -hmm. um, they just wanted um, they wanted things for themselves. They wanted like wealth and you know manifest destiny. They wanted their own um, power and wealth and possessions. And one of the most valuable things that I think they threw away during that time was like the value of community and like family. Yeah. Because a lot of Native American cultures are um, like community oriented. Um, and you know if you're native you i feel like a lot of people grow up um understanding their place in the community or in their family mm -hmm. and that's something that i notice is a lot different in other americans who aren't native american is sometimes they're too um individualistic or mm -hmm. um they think that they have to go their own route or they have to be different or yeah. they have to like you know do these things when um, I don't know. It's just like like business is such like a interesting concept. I almost it's almost like a, I have a love hate relationship with like business. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, as an artist, I need to like pursue like I need to almost like build a brand and a business and yeah. Um, but the way I try to battle that is um making it community oriented and making sure that uh, I okay. like yeah. I still like recognize my place in the community and not just become like a profit seeking like person who just wants money I want to like actually create an impact while also like mm -hmm. it's like balancing you know um, it's yeah. like a balancing act yeah and the irony of that is um, that we, we were talking about the Tao a little bit before we started recording yeah and in the Tao it talks about how um if you want all of your needs fulfilled, well, fulfill everyone else's needs. Yeah. You know, and you could take that idea and apply it to um, capitalism. And I mean, a, a healthy form of capitalism, a kind of local capitalism where you're a entrepreneur who's providing yeah. some kind of service, helping people fulfill their needs. And then solving in turn, a problem. Yeah, yeah, solving a problem. And then in turn, you're good. You know, yeah. you're able to you know be part of the community feel respected and appreciated yeah and, then and also that's that's the survive get the yeah money that's healthy yeah. yeah and that's like yeah and that's like healthy capitalism which is i like i find myself i definitely like rejected capitalism for a long time and um felt like angry about capitalism yeah. and a lot of people do i mean i feel like i'm constantly coming in contact with people who identify as marxists and like hate capitalism and thinks that you know if we get rid of capitalism everything's going to be healed which just isn't totally the case 
capitalism sucks. There's a lot of problems with it. However, I think there's a healthy expression of it, you know, and that healthy expression is kind of like engaging in local business, you know, and local entrepreneurship, you know, I think that's like very healthy and good. Yeah. So I don't think business is necessarily like, I mean, there's a lot of icky stuff about, you know, business, but it can also be like a good thing, you know? Yeah, totally. And that's why I'm still trying to like understand and, um, just um come to terms with it because i do think it's like very like a very good thing i I love like local business businesses and it's just there's something about like those you know big corporations and sure that just like make it like so um disgusting (laughs) well they're parasitic i mean like like the the way that corporations work, take Walmart or something, yeah. they convince you that we are the parasites, you know? Yeah. And actually, this, I'm sure this is very colonial too. They they convince us that we're the parasites, that we need them, you know? That we're like this little squirmy <laughs> organism that like latches onto Walmart, you know? The big dog <laughs> that is Walmart. But the reverse is actually the case. I mean, like all these big corporations come into towns, drive local businesses out, actually harm jobs they're not good for job creation um they disempower people and then there you go and then you know they take advantage like they need us they are the parasites it just sucks like i i understand i wish there was more like healthy you know capitalism going on i know yeah and it's like how do you get there yeah because like i i I, like never shop at walmart anymore just because of that and like um, even if it is more expensive to shop locally, like Silver Street Market, like for mm-hmm. one thing, they have so many more vegan options than Walmart, which is weird because there's such a tiny little corner shop. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Versus like Walmart, like it's a huge like warehouse almost and like a yeah. supermarket, but they have hardly any like vegan options or like healthy options, you know? Yeah, it's that really too weird. is totally unhealthy. It's a food <laughs> desert. Like why would you ever yeah. shop for food at Walmart? You know? It's like, dude, oh my God. <laughs> But it's cheap, and that's how they get people. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly it. Yeah, I guess it's it's cheap, but like... And it's like this uh, perpetual cycle, too. Like, you know, they harm jobs. They um, they almost, like, put you in a position where you have to shop at Walmart because you're not making enough money because of all the capital, like, unhealthy capitalism going on. You don't have enough money to shop anywhere but Walmart and perpetuate right. that cycle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's no sense of, uh, there's no sense of community. There's no, like, Walmart community, you know? Yeah, totally. There's the, um, the facade of community. You know, you walk in and there's this, like, typically pretty miserable looking person who's hello good to see you and it's like fuck you you're not happy to see me you know but if i go you know we're downtown right now and and siembra leadership high school and like if i walk outside and go into the food place over street market the coffee shop right over there humble sister for beer and some tacos or any other number of places like chances are i'm gonna recognize someone you know and then have an actual like really enjoyable interaction and feel good because i got to hang out with someone for a (laughs) while and then also feel like i'm supporting like real people or whatever and not just fucking not just jeff bezos or some shit so it's like (laughs) yeah so it just feels good too and i think that's the thing that sort of like (laughs) the colonists didn't recognize is that when you when you're in a space and then you open yourself up to other people, it's also beneficial for you. You're not even doing it for them, you know? I mean, um, 
to be open to other people's ideas, to be open to other cultures, to be open to um, other people's art, different art traditions, you know, that's beneficial for, well, everyone, but also like me as an individual, like I'm yeah. happier that way. Yeah. Mutual, mutual, uh, mutuality, right? I mean, I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to describe. Yeah. Valuing relationships and mm -hmm. not just being so ego or like so self-centered. Um, I think that's something that a value of, that was lost when colonization happened. Um, but it's something that I think people are starting to realize now mm -hmm. more, um, especially with like social media. I think it's cool. Um, that people are starting to understand these things more. But yeah, that's why I love um, talking about my heritage. You know, it just opens up the conversation to like things beyond um, our culture, our current culture. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're not talking about just like the Kardashians or like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> this is, like <laughs> really shallow things that like normal, like yeah. people who are um, really like, culturally ignorant talk about you know yeah yeah we're talking about things like beyond just ourselves um, yeah yeah <laughs> i think we're a culturally uh sick country in a lot of ways i mean yeah i guess you know the kardashians or something like that <laughs> being you know prime example but but I, I i don't know maybe if you look back in history maybe I don't know, maybe people are always just kind of like disconnected and weird. Maybe during feudal times, people are just sitting around gossiping about what like you're... I think we just go you know, through waves now. I think we're just in like a bad wave right now. Yeah. <laughs> like we're just in like a, a bad part of the process. <laughs> I feel like we're getting out of it though. We're getting, I'm feeling we pretty are, optimistic. Are, yeah. I mean, like right. I, I noticed more like, um, like my partner like got me into like being like eating more vegan yeah. food. Um, and now that I'm like almost like now that I eat more vegan food and like are more aware of that thing, I noticed like a lot of big companies like adopting or like bringing in more like non-dairy products or yeah, um, yeah. no meat products. And, and I noticed a lot of companies are turning into like cruelty free companies and valuing that stuff. Right. And I think right. it's a good shift. Like, um. And that's something that I like to be a part of, especially mm -hmm. with my art. Um, that's why I talk about like transforming um, culture, or um, at least that's what I try to do, or like um, that's my intention with my art is yeah. to be a part of that process and help people yes. understand um, the the bad parts of our culture and help like you know just like just transform it and perpetuate the good parts, but also like um, get rid of the bad parts and hopefully help people create a new culture. Cause um, culture is just so important. Like yeah. um, just fighting what is normal and creating, it's like, I don't know. It's just like creating a new normal, if that makes sense. Definitely. Like, yeah. Um, well, culture is like the waters in which we swim as people, right? And if our waters are dirty, like our our mind know, waters, like happy. yeah, the exactly. thoughts that we have mm -hmm. are greatly impacted by the culture that we live in. Um, yeah, what you're consuming on a daily basis, whether that's food, whether that's information, uh, images, symbols, all of that matters quite a lot. Um, 
And that actually makes me think of, uh, okay, more about capitalism, but sort of big business advertising. Yeah. Where it's actually, it's like sick, you know? Yeah. Drive around and look at billboards and all the ads are for like, you know, here's how you sue someone if you want to, you know, pretend that you're hurt. Yeah. Um, Here's, you know, hyper, hyper sexualized woman to get you to buy like McDonald's or something, you know? And it's like, we're consuming those images constantly and it's all cause and effect. I mean, the things that you consume... Um, but yeah, the things that we consume, it's all cause and effect, same as food, you know, I mean, if you eat McDonald's, you're not going to feel good the next day. If you eat a, you know, healthy meal, you're going to feel good. And that's also true of, uh, ads and images, you know? So I think mm-hmm. if we could replace all of the sort of unhealthy images with healthy ones, ones that get people thinking, ones that connect people, ones that, um, inspire people to learn about various cultures, stuff mm-hmm. like that, I think we'd be a much happier society you know just shift the image and you shift everything and that's where like healthy capitalism plays a role you know Mm. like hopefully more people are actually trying to solve a problem or um, improve people's lives or help people consume positive things like I'm, i'm all for like businesses who like help people eat better food um less processed food or mm-hmm. less cruelty like um food um i even i'm a, i'm even like supportive of like advertisements as long as they're done in like an artful or like tasteful way or yeah, if they yeah. provoke like uh-huh. a good like like positive thoughts yeah you know if they're promoting their business like doesn't matter to me like as long as it's good mm-hmm. you know but like you, you like tv sometimes i watch tv and it's just like it's just like so weird <laughs> all the like dumb stuff they put on there just like sh- to try to shock people or to try to make yeah. people like somehow like it's just so weird and it's um, ultimately kind of boring too you know because like i don't know i can't remember the last time i was like sitting down and just like the sort of shocking things i don't know maybe we're just so like desensitized with like the <laughs> internet you know because when i was like when I was, like, I don't know, 11, like, YouTube became a thing, and that was, like, the sort of earlier days of, like, that style of internet, and there's so much weird shit out there, yeah. so maybe it's, like, we're it's, all just desensitized. It's totally like, like, I can't be, like, yeah, I can't be, like, shocked, or, like, I don't know, it's just, like, I don't know, what's shocking? I don't know, what's shocking? <laughs> Nothing seems shocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I used to watch so much TV when I was younger, like, yeah for real Um, especially like cable like half of it is commercials (laughs) and advertisements yeah and it's weird how nowadays like um like we watch like this anime called cowboy bebop yeah yeah. on hulu and hulu sucks they put like you have to pay for it but then they also put in advertisements like three times throughout your one 30 minute show yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) it just sucks like What's well, the attention economy, right? Because that's what's yeah. actually happening with like social media, yeah. the internet, like, time TV. Is money. Like you're yeah. the product, you know. They're <laughs> they're they're um, they're harvesting your your attention. Yeah. And then giving it to the advertisers, whoever yeah. wants to pay for that attention. That's yeah. What it is, you know. It's so your weird. Your attention and your ultimately your time. Us. Yeah. Like, time, like you devote your your time is like your most valuable thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. That you have. Yeah. Or that you um, can like use your most valuable tool and um you know you could either devote your time to consuming things or you could devote your time to like creating things yeah and it's kind of it's kind of hard um creating definitely takes more energy but um 
same amount of time mm-hmm. you know it's weird yeah it's also strange to think about like who dominates a space you know and there's this artist i forget his name this artist in england who has uh this thing that he calls subvertising mm-hmm. so it's a play on the word subvert and then advertising so he's subverting advertising and his constant question is how come when i sit at a bus station there's you know ads for amazon or walmart or whatever you know he's like that's public space you know and how come that that ad for whatever corporation is permitted to be in public space but then if you tag something you know if you're a street artist um that's that's vandalism you know who who decides these things Yeah, yeah so this dude will um public i guess he vandalizes um in a very artful way mm-hmm. you know almost like banksy or something where it's yeah. like you go and you make street art that's like very very provoking and provokes thought and inspires people to action and stuff like that um but i just like that he calls it subvertising yeah this is public space take it back you know it's our space we get to decide what's up there yeah you know not jeff bezos <laughs> yeah it's just um that's the unhealthy part of capitalism is the rich people control mm-hmm. um, almost everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because then you could be like, well, yeah, well, the advertiser paid for that space, so they have the rights to it. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait, you, you have rights to public, spa- to public space if you pay for it? What if you don't have the money to pay for it? Totally. Then and you don't have the rights to it. Then it's a, no longer public. That's a colonizer-like concept. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, money um, or like uh just using money to obtain power and property and things like that like there's Mm -hmm. people there's like private um landowners who own like cultural property yeah because simply because they they like had the money to buy it or because they um just happened to like claim it you Mm -hmm. know because they were maybe rich and powerful um and it just sucks um it's it's weird being Native American because I almost question everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and try to, like, almost connect everything back to colonization. And mm-hmm. It's a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, it might get annoying, too. Um, but it's, it's, it's true. It's weird to think of, like, a, a theoretical world without, like, all this stuff that <laughs> yeah. resulted from colonization. <laughs> yeah. And it's strange, too, because... Well, you just said, like, being Native American, you feel like you have to question these things. But even just even just the existence of your identity is itself the questioning of these things. You, yeah. Like, you don't even have to ask a question. Just your very existence calls into question yeah. everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where cause... it's like, okay, you take, like, I don't know, American ideals of, like, uh, freedom and democracy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which I believe in those ideals very much. Freedom and democracy sound great, but yeah. but the reality of those ideals, I mean, just Native American people just like inevitably call that into question. It's just like, man, you get democracy, <laughs> you know, yeah, freedom. Totally. And democracy, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know, it is inspired by like Native American things. Um, oh, like yeah, that's least, right. Was it not? Because um, oh there God, was the a tribe. Yeah, there was, yeah, the Iroquois Confederacy. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. Um, like they had like a form of democracy that was like pretty healthy mm-hmm. and like that inspired American democracy. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause they had like a council of chiefs and the chiefs were appointed by um, the women. So um, it was a different form, but it was, it inspired, you know, American democracy. 
just weird how like it got corrupted um, sure sure twisted probably from like money <laughs> yeah and wealth yeah yeah it seems to drive a lot of uh i don't know negative actions i guess yeah, yeah i yeah, think we're going in like we were talking about the wave thing like i think we're going we're getting out of like that rut i mm-hmm. think we're um like we have um native americans like in, in um what's her name um Deb Holland. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She's she's cool. Like I don't know. Just like think little things like that. Just like I think they're just proof that things are turning out to get better. Yeah, know? definitely. And even looking around Albuquerque, I mean, we do have a really culturally rich city and and downtown Albuquerque. There's so many murals. I mean, talk about mm-hmm. artists taking back public space. I mean, there's a ridiculous amount of of public art here, murals yeah. and everything. Yeah. like good art too you know images that you see in that yeah get you excited or, or the paint for peace project that was fun, during the yeah. uh that was awesome pandemic. yeah like it was incredible <laughs> yeah. just how much it was so empowering how much art was down here yeah yeah and that you could feel it palpably like walking down the streets yeah totally right after the riot and like boarded up windows and then a week later and it's just it's not boarded windows anymore it's just like a really cool art project everywhere yeah so. and just seeing people like you know out there actually doing something mm-hmm. um instead of just like sitting inside and watching tv <laughs> yeah 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 it was it was fun um i remember that i just saw people painting outside of my apartment so i, I asked them like how did you do this like did you have to ask someone and they're just like yeah like we just like hit up this one guy and so I hit him up too, and he gave me like a little board. <laughs> oh, you got a board out there? Yeah, it was by Firestone. Um, oh, cool. Just down yeah. the street. Yeah, me and my friend just got like a little door. Um, yeah, yeah. A, a, like a one-panel thing, and we just did like I, I drew an alien, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I painted an alien, <laughs> but um, it was fun. <laughs> nice, Dan. That's cool. I'm like excited for the next pandemic so that I could get involved in that. I, I missed oh, this no. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, let's leave it at that. Leave on an optimistic note. Yeah. Um but yeah, where can people find you? My Instagram is where I like am mostly that's where my pretty much on my online presence is. It's ABQ crew. Um and soon I'll be launching a website um, once I finalize it and everything. But ABQ Crew is where you'll find um, me and my art. So, yeah. All right. Cool, man. Thanks for being on. That was a great conversation. I learned a lot. Yeah, Appreciate thanks it. for talking with me.